Hey everybody, this is Joy Bertrand, host of this podcast and author of the upcoming book, Athena in the Well, how to find your voice, take your space, and command the courtroom. I'm a trial lawyer of nearly 24 years with a national practice, and I teach trial advocacy. I've now taught in three countries and hope to expand that now that uh, COVID restrictions appear to be lifting. So we're back, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about the nearly one-year-to-the-date hiatus of this podcast and what I've learned in the past 12 months. For starters, um, I, I want to just let you know what happened. We were off to such a great start, and we're producing regular uh, episodes, both of the Athena in the Well framework and also our side project, Woo Woo Wednesday, where we take metaphysics principles and apply them to trial practice and life in general. And on April 24 of 2021, my then fiance, now husband, and I were in a near head-on car wreck. A woman was fleeing the scene of another car accident that she had caused, and uh, she was speeding. She took a a right turn too fast and lost control of her car. I saw her coming as we were driving down the street. I tried to get out of her way so she didn't hit us completely head on. She just sheared the side of my uh, big Yukon SUV. And I remember at the point of impact feeling like my brain was jostling in my head. It was the weirdest feeling and it felt like time stopped. Um, And my poor now husband watched this woman's truck go six inches past my head. Initially, I thought I only had physical injuries. I had trouble walking. Um, I had to crawl out of the other side of the car because the driver's side was so damaged and realized immediately that I couldn't stand on my right side. And it was a couple of weeks into the recovery from that. And I had chalked up my issues with language to the pain medication I was on and pain generally and fatigue and just kind of freak out. But uh, it was Tom, my husband, who noticed I was having trouble accessing language. And the an example would be that we were talking about something and I said, I got frustrated and I said, it's the thing where they cut you open and they fix you and then they, they stitch you back up and they're better. And he's like, surgery. Uh, and then compounding that, we went to a event. Uh, one of my best girlfriends was in town visiting and she's a personal injury lawyer out of Dallas. And uh, she was in town for a wedding. So we met up with her and um, I... I was not feeling well. This was only two weeks after the the wreck. But I wanted to see my friend, and uh, we were sitting in this beautiful hotel talking, and she turned to Tom and said, "What's?" she knew about the wreck, but she didn't know necessarily the extent of the injuries. And she said, what's going on with Joy? And he said, I I don't know. She's been like this, you know, pretty much since the day after the wreck. And she came up and, like, snapped her fingers in front of me and said, you know, "Follow follow my hands, Joy. And I don't... I, I think she saw my eyes didn't track. And she said to Tom, you've got to get her seen. You know, shaken baby syndrome is a real thing. And uh, the emergency room 
at the night of the wreck had told me I didn't have a concussion because I didn't hit my head on anything and I had a big headrest behind me. Um, but it turns out I did. I had a very serious concussion and it impacted m- not only my ability to access language, but my most importantly, my ability to read. And in layperson's terms, as I understand them, this is by no means my area of specialization, um, my left eye could see things, but it didn't talk to my brain. And it was particularly pronounced with reading in complex tasks. So, for example, I'm a federal, mostly a federal practitioner, so... My work it often involves a screen that has maybe three documents in front of me. I've got the, the, the pleading, and I've got the evidence, and then I've got Westlaw all lined up. And what I couldn't do is track between the documents. So, for example, with PACER, which is how most practitioners file uh, online, you have to go through several screens to get to the end where you push file. And usually this takes five minutes to go from logging in to uploading your stuff, getting the any attachments uploaded, and then making sure you got the right name for things, and then filing. This was taking me easily 30 minutes each time because I couldn't keep track of what page I was on. And it was so frustrating and humiliating. And I, I really got to the point where I thought I was crazy. Um, and my general practitioner doctor, after initially seeing me and thinking it was just kind of the shock and the, the pain from the wreck, saw me and saw me struggling with language, and she actually had tears in her eyes and said, I, I miss this and I'm sorry. And she got me in to the Banner Concussion Center here in Phoenix. And uh, it was through their testing and physical therapy for your brain that we were able to identify where in my brain the injury was and how to treat it and to include um, prescribing these glasses that basically have a prism in them. And it's, again, my layperson's understanding is that the the prism basically takes the light that comes into your eye and, and moves it to a different part of your optical nerve so your brain can register it. And within a couple weeks of getting the glasses, I was able to start functioning again. Um, But I still have a little bit of a deficit. And the doctor says it's just going to get better when by using my brain. Um, so I, I'm now, my reading comprehension is pretty good. It's pretty close to what it was, but I don't see detail. It's as if my brain kind of fills in, um, the missing pieces. So I still, um, have to have help with editing dense documents because I, I just don't see semicolons where there should be a period or, you know, double strike words because I was thinking as I wrote and missed something. So it, it's, it's been a slow process, but I am certainly grateful that I've gotten my health back. Um, so that was four months between April and July of 2021 when I, I was ordered off work. In essence, I could file extensions and I could file continuances. 
And I still had to make a couple of appearances at that time just because stuff had to get done and judges and judges are judges. Um, and, and for those, I would have a colleague or co-counsel present with me just to make sure that there was never any question about my ability to handle the hearing. Um, but right after that, so I, I was cleared to go back to work in July of 2021, uh, went directly into the back page criminal trial here in Phoenix that was scheduled to last 12 weeks. Um, had my dog diagnosed with cancer and had half my roof torn off in a historic monsoon storm. So the fall was kind of a bust. And then I got married in November. So it's been a couple months of just uh, kind of adjusting to new things. Oh, and um, moved into our new home, sold the building my law practice was in, moved into a new building. Um, all that happened since April. And I've still been trying cases. I tried a case last month in March um, and won. Yay. So I, it's been a, a really weird year. And it, I felt bad that I kind of left the podcast hanging. Um, and I had people writing and saying, you know, please tell us that you're going to come back. And I would say, yes, I am. I just, I've got a lot going on. And it's a lot going on at the same time when I, I didn't have the the bandwidth, literally, that I usually would have. So I'm hoping now that we're going to be back and on a regular schedule. Um, what I'm hoping for is two episodes a month dealing with trial skills framed in the Athena framework, and then one or two of the woo um, that I love and that has gotten a lot of really good feedback. So there, there's definitely an interest in it other than my own interest. Um, and I do think it really is something that is special and you're welcome to take or as much or as little of it as you like. But um, it's something that we as lawyers don't really see as an important part of our work. And yet I think it's a growing area where lawyers really need to appreciate the energy that they can generate and their, their space, not just in the courtroom, but in the world, um, and, and that we have a lot more ability to manage that than um, I think we even 10, 15 years ago thought we did. So the rest of this episode is just going to be about the three things I learned uh, from this brain injury and the recovery experience uh, in the context of being a lawyer, and then particularly in the Athena context. So I, the first thing I learned about this was that we really do practice in a brutal, brutal profession. Some judges were wonderful, absolutely wonderful, very caring. Um, when I was saying I have, to, I have to move this, I needed an extension for whatever was due. Others, other judges were very difficult. Um, I had one judge in a criminal matter get impatient with me and basically say, well, what week do you think you'll be better so that I can set the, the when, what week do you think you'll reach the point where you wouldn't be constitutionally ineffective so I can set this trial for the following week? And I, I couldn't give that judge an answer. I, I didn't know. No one knew until I was tested again. 
what my functioning would be. Uh, and our colleagues are brutal. And I actually knew enough from litigation to know that this would be information on an as-needed basis with colleagues. Um, because you can't trust everybody to do the right and honorable thing with this information. So there were some colleagues who I didn't tell. It's none of their business, and work was getting done, even if I had to pay another lawyer to do it. Um, and there were lawyers who knew what had happened, had seen me filing under seal medical documents and letters from my doctor saying she's not ready to come back. She's, she's still testing at a level that doesn't allow her to read. Um, and I actually had one set of opposing counsel that we call team mean girls mock me in a pleading and uh, act as if I had gotten all of these indulgences from the court when, in fact, I was recovering from a brain injury. So though, that was the first thing. And, and as I was working on the Athena book and the, the why behind Athena, not just the data that we collected from interviews and the surveys, but the, the, the why this book and why now. And I'm looking at this data about the levels of mental health issues and substance issues and suicide rates in our industry. And they're, they're horrific. And here I am recovering from this serious accident and seeing it firsthand. I, mean, I, I knew people could be jerks and I knew we had a stressful job. And I, I'd be the first one to say, there's a reason you have to pay me a lot of money to do this job. But this was different, and it really showed me in stark terms why so many lawyers are suffering. And I, I, I'm not going to say that I have answers for that part of it in a, in, a, in a global sense, but I definitely can say it's real. And would like to deviate for a moment and just say, so if you're listening to this, and this resonates with you, and, and you feel you're in crisis, please reach out to me. Um, and even if you don't know me, I'd be happy to help you find resources in your community because um, it's real. And the toll it takes on us as individuals is something that, because of bravado and I, I, I think strategy um, and an unwillingness to even accept that it's going on. We're supposed to be these you know, really perfect people in so many ways and fighters that um, is deadly. So please, I, I, I make that offer to anyone listening. Um, even if we've never met, you're, you're welcome to email me. You're welcome to call my office. And I am not a mental health professional by any stretch, um, but I will be happy to help you find resources um, that it the least gets you out of crisis. The second thing I learned about this is really how far medicine has come in treating brain injuries, even in the past five to 10 years. And I've represented, uh, like many of you have, people with traumatic brain injuries. Um, I've seen them lose marriages. I've, I had one where the most powerful witness in the litigation was the client's now ex-wife 
who in her deposition described the the night and day difference between this man that she loved and had married and was the father of her children and the man he was when he came home from the hospital um he he just never was the same person again and i i've got to tell you i was afraid that um i'd see similar impacts to my personality and my primary relationship and i i'm hopeful that that has not occurred um but i that was a very interesting lesson in empathy and appreciation for what our clients struggle with in these TBIs. But really the other thing about the TBIs in general is how far medicine has come and what they can do to treat them. They are not something um, that you, you need to go home and just make sure someone wakes you up every four hours um, and, you know, avoid screen time to that and assume they'll get better they 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 won't necessarily get better and there's now targeted treatment both like the glasses that i would now wear um and physical therapy for your brain that can help your brain heal um so what i would suggest is that any of you all out there representing people with a TBI, even if it's just a mild concussion, to, to, to look into some of these new treatments. And um, like I, I said, I went to Banner Concussion Center here in the Valley. Um, I believe that these cutting edge treatments are available nationwide, but I'd be happy to also connect people with the doctor who treated me and his team. They were amazing and wonderful people. And with that lesson came a, a, a realization of how resilient the human brain is. It's, it's amazing. I would have never imagined that our brain is able to rewire itself. And just with the change in where light falls in one nerve in your brain, that it can allow it to heal. Um, and, and with this came also some pretty major life lessons, uh, lifestyle lessons. Uh, the doctor said the first thing you've got to do is be able to sleep and you've got to have good sleep. That helps your brain heal. And, and as I say this, I know that there's ongoing research about the power of deep sleep and as a, as a restorative tool to your brain. Um, so I, I want to offer that to you all as trial lawyers, both in terms of the, the treatment that's available, but also the hope that's available that um, simply because someone's had an injury to their brain does not necessarily mean they cannot get better or they cannot have improvement. Obviously, there's going to be some catastrophic injuries that just can't be fixed, but you, you would be surprised at how much the brain can heal itself when you allow it to do so. And in my case, I was on a very strict anti-inflammation diet, um, no alcohol, very controlled medications and timing of them to make sure that everything was being done in service of healing my brain. Um, so that brings me to the third lesson <clears throat> that was really profound and um, I'm still thinking about it because I, I do still see the world differently um, than I did the day before the wreck. And I, I, I see this popping up in everything I do, whether it's my writing or getting adjusted to a new home and getting moved into it. And that is um, 
the benefit I had of this injury, I, I observed after the initial acute stage when I, I needed help walking and was in physical therapy several times a week between the walking and the brain injury, um, I was incredibly creative and I could see things visual. I, I could visualize in my brain what I wanted something to be. Um, even if I couldn't yet make it happen because I didn't have the spatial ability yet. Um, and, and that's been actually a very cool thing about this. And it struck me in the midst of the recovery period that it was operating as if my brain injury was charted on the Athena axis. So to remind you, or if you're new to this whole thing, imagine your XY axis. So you've got a perpendicular line and a horizontal line crossing, making four 90 degree angles in the middle. And in the upper right quadrant of that XY axis, you've got the master strategist. In the lower right quadrant, you've got the fierce independent. In the lower left quadrant, you've got creative goddess. And then in the upper left quadrant, you've got strong or powerful warrior. And one of the things in developing this system well before the wreck was that I saw that the diagonals in this access had a direct correlation to each other. So if you, for example, want to focus on becoming physically stronger, you will notice, you will observe that you become more independent. You're able to stand on your own two feet. You are able to speak your truth um, with the strength that physical training and taking care of your health gives you. And here, in my case, I had an injury that was affecting my logical language skills that I had taken for granted for 50 years. And they were really kind of just kind of knocked offline for a little bit. And my brain responded by becoming more creative. And I've wondered if maybe it's just because I didn't have anything else to think about because I couldn't read. Or if there was something, I think there was something else going on. I think my brain was saying, well, we can't do that, but we can do this. And that's the creative goddess versus the master strategist. And the master strategist is about vision, is about seeing the big picture, the the 30,000 foot view. Uh, and the creative goddess feeds that ability to make the visual goal happen, the visualized goal happen. So the part of me that I usually relied on and that prompted the writing of the book and why I get hired was muted for some time. And yet the creative picked up. And so if you imagine, and we've talked about this in the prior episodes, if you have a circle in the middle of this XY axis, you can move that circle around the axis. You can focus on one thing at a time. You can focus on 
your health for a while and your, your physical health and really getting strong. You can focus on finding your voice and speaking your truth. That would be fierce, independent and really living a values based, integrous life. Um, you're going to find that you, you do feel stronger and healthier because you don't have that additional stress of living with incongruity internally. But the circle always stays a circle. It can get bigger. It can get smaller. Um, if you're just not putting any effort into anything, the circle can get really small. If you really work in all areas of the Athena shield, it could become quite expansive. But it stays a circle. And here, what I imagine is the circle moved almost to the middle of the XY axis so that there wasn't much going on with the master strategist, there also wasn't a lot in some ways going on with the powerful warrior. Cause I, I couldn't train. I still am not back regularly training like I was in a gym several times a week before the wreck. Um, but I could be creative and that <laughs> one of the things that probably got me through this was I was able to, visualize and create in a way I had not done before. Um, and it was frustrating though, cause I couldn't write. And so I, I couldn't work on the book like I wanted to, but I could do other things and I could do more visual things and paint and sketch. And so, um, so I'm going to leave that principle as the last thing we talk about in this episode, because it's going to now frame the next two episodes on how to work these diagonals and real life stories from Athena's about how when the focus on one area of her life was made, the other areas of her life expanded. And particularly, you can draw these direct correlations between these diagonals and it's really cool and it's really interesting. So that's, that's kind of the, the prelude to what's going to be coming up on the next two episodes after this one. Um, welcome back. I'm glad to be back, even if it's, it's a little different and so much has changed in a year. But um, what hasn't changed is my commitment to the system and my commitment to my fellow women trial lawyers. So uh, I look forward to talking with you further. And as one of my favorite teachers, Charlotte Benson says, onward and upward. And I'll talk to you again soon.